Before this interview starts, I want to offer a content heads up. This conversation with my friend, Reverend Dr. Tamara Thomas, touches on some topics that some listeners may find challenging, including self-harm, grief, death, and sexual molestation. Each and every episode of Unstuck AF is made with the hope that it might make life a little better for those who take the time to listen. So the last thing I would ever want to do is cause any harm. That said, while I did feel compelled to acknowledge that this episode contains issues that might cause some hurt, I believe, and I hope you'll agree, that this episode, this conversation, isn't so much about the hurting as it is about the healing. By the way, all of the music in this episode is from Holding On, the freshman album from Tamara. Enjoy. Welcome to Unstuck AF, a podcast here to help you do you better. There's a path that starts where you are, passes through who you are, and leads where you want to go. We're here to hear from people who've walked that path or who are walking it right now. This is Orlando Bishop, Coach Orlando, and I thank you for listening as we learn how to get unstuck, how to be unstuck, how to live unstuck. Unstuck as fuck. Welcome to Unstuck AF. Today we have Dr. Mary Thomas with us and she is going to be speaking a bit about music and ways we can be using it more powerfully in our lives. In addition to being wildly talented and having, you know, music out there that I have in my on my own devices that I'll go to to relax from time to time and so on. Uh, we've known each other since uh, I was back in high school, and uh, I think it's fair to say you're like a little sister to me. And so very excited to get to have this conversation together and, and talk about some of the work you're doing, which I found fascinating. We just happened to be having a conversation about it. And I thought, yeah, that's something else I'd like to bring my audience. So please, Mara, please say hello to the people. Welcome to Unstuck AF. Yeah, greetings, greetings all the way from North Carolina to mm. Unstuck AF. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love yeah. it. So yeah, yeah we're probably I'm gonna investigate a little bit how you ended up in North Carolina as well. <laughs> okay. We're gonna get, we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> but I wanted to start out with a question. I generally ask um, guests their form of this question, and the it is when and or how did you know music would play a big role in your life? Yeah, we're going in deep early. <laughs> get on in <laughs> there. He's going in deep early. And, and so I'll, I'll give the short and then get to the, the, the turning point for me. I started music at, at three years old on violin and piano. Um, studied at Suzuki School for Strings in Manhattan. Some of my teachers were actually board members at the Juilliard School. So hmm. I had some pretty solid folks in my corner. And one thing I thought was interesting was I wanted to share this. When I got to first grade, my first grade teacher gave me an F in music. Mm. <laughs> I would love to see her today. That's but in funny. any case, um, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in. Right, right. But, the, but that pivotal point, I've been playing music all my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had studied at the Chautauqua Institution, upstate New York, one summer full scholarship, beautiful experience. I was one on one on the younger side, but while there, my stand partner in the orchestra, she was a couple years older than me. 
I didn't realize that she had um, struggled with some mental health issues. Mm. And and the thing that was interesting is both of her parents are psychiatrists, mm. but she really struggled with some mental health issues. I didn't know, but here's how I found out. She used to dress in very dark clothing all the time. And I noticed mm. when she come to orchestra, her whole demeanor would be really bright. She'd be excited, love the music, but then the minute the music was done, it's like this different person. Hmm. And so one evening, you know, we ordered some pizza to, to the dorm and um, she started yelling for me coming down the stairs and mm. was holding her wrist and I was saying, what's, oh, no. what's going on? And this is my first exposure to this. Yeah. And um, I ran over, of course, to help her, and she was. And I saw her. There was blood running down mm -hmm. her wrist. She was holding it tightly, and mm -hmm. got her to a safe place. Found a counselor. You know, it, it was just amazing how I was able to stay, you know, sane. Mm -hmm. But the moment the ambulance came and took her, that's when I lost it. Right. Like I looked down at the money I had in my hand to pay for the pizza delivery, and had her blown on it. And so it was literally that point uh, in the summer of 1990 that I realized there is a connection between music and wholeness, music and being huh, almost sane. And I just, just in thinking about my stand partner's experiences, that's when I came to that and I said, I need to do something with music therapy. And even if the field doesn't exist, I'll create it. Mm. And that's what I said to myself at that age. Right, right. <laughs> and so said, so done. Went ahead, um, studied music therapy, got a master's degree um, from New York University mm. in music therapy, continued, you know, doing music privately, et cetera. And, um, then went ahead and, and got my doctorate um, in ministry, but with a focus on spiritual healing mm. through music. Mm. So I guess there's so many interesting things there and fascinating <laughs> things there. I guess I'm wondering if that, if music's played that kind of role in your life as well, do mm -hmm. you find that it's been a, a brand of therapy for you in addition to what you're bringing to others? 100 mm percent -hmm. i i know that like when when things get heavy and i need to center myself i stop to think oh, wait when was the last time i practiced when was the last time i hmm. just got you know got alone say with god and with my music and just went ahead and and just went all out and i'll do that here in my house i've got every instrument you could possibly think of and just shut the lights off and just go in on the keyboard or on the violin and just it centers me and and I have to be very mindful of this what I'm selecting to play or to minister um, based on the headspace that I'm in. Right, 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 right. Any examples there? I mean, if you know types of music that you find, is it around mood or is it around the mood you want to end up in? Or yeah, like what what drives some of the distinction there? That's a good point. Part of it is wanting and for me wanting to get closer to god when i want to hear from him when i want to get clarity in my mind about a situation mm -hmm. i i just that that will determine the type of music and i could go from music that's in say like a minor mode 
mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. all the way into a total, a completely upbeat, faster pace, um, major mode song. It's just, you know, it's like an ebb and flow, like the waves of the ocean. Just mm. and 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 I and if I want to move from where I am, because I'm not, maybe I'm not in that place of where I'm, I'm uplifted yet. Right. Right. Then, then I'll be, I'll be uh, intentional mm-hmm. in how I transition so I can get to the place where I really want to be. Okay. All right. That's so not the place you want to stay. Right. 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 <laughs> so you sort of meet, take yourself through the meeting yourself where you are, yeah. but musically, got it. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. Now that makes that right. makes a lot of sense. So I am going to backtrack a little bit though. You mentioned, you know, having that experience. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you, there was a lot of processing to be done around that as you head off and you've now got this mission to use music in this way. um, Can you tell us just a little bit about like the college experience around it? How was it received even as a choice you were making? You know, it's uh, not, it's not the, it's not an average answer we get when someone says, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? So just, yeah. What was your experience around that? (laughs) Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say I'm I'm a professional education administrator, Mm -hmm. but music is my life. And so Mm. that's all I do. And I use it actually therapeutically. And so the experience was while at NYU in that graduate program, just learning the clinical portions of music and therapy, mm-hmm. understanding the various cognitions, the various therapy, you know, um, therapies you could delve into, styles you could delve into, and how to work with different patient or client populations with the music. So I worked with a range of ages um, from birth straight through to adult, but my the, 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 the very sweet spot for me at that time was the pediatric piece. Interesting. And I've now transitioned into just focusing on the adult piece. Very yeah. interesting transition. Um, but one story I would share, I had um, a patient who had sickle cell, hmm. um, 16 years old. And if you're familiar with the, the, that actual um, challenge of sickle cell, mm-hmm. you'll know that when someone who has it goes into a crisis, their cells sickle at the yeah. joints. So mm-hmm. they're no longer circular cells. They're now in a sickled shape. And when they, when they buckle at the joints, say the elbow joint, the hip joint, the knee joint, they cause a lot of pain. And the only thing that can help is pain medication, but they can only take it at three, four, five, six hour intervals. Say for instance, Demerol. Right, right. I had this patient and she was at that two and a half hour mark and she was getting it at three hour increments because it was so terrible, the pain she was in. And the nurse called for me and I came in and I just provided guided imagery and the music. So mm. it's a music therapy technique. where you guide a patient through a series of images. So that requires knowing what types of images would cause someone who has sickle cell to to be calm, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Forget the focus on getting the medication because they can't get it right now. Mm -hmm. And then take them to a place where they're at total peace physically, psychologically, emotionally, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this particular patient, I used an ocean drum Hmm. which is a very large drum, clear on one side with lots of beads inside. And as you manipulate the drum, it sounds like the waves of an ocean. Hmm. 
And what I did was walk her through that that sense of being in a shower, per se, or in the bath. Okay. Because that is something that they do at home as a quick remedy when they start to feel pain. Mm. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I use these images, that'll help and talk her through those images. Right. And within 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. she was knocked out, mm. completely forgot that she was waiting for medication. Wow. No longer remember the pain. The nurse came in. She said, what on earth happened in here? Oh my God. Really? And when I tell you pain, they scream in pain. Yeah. Yeah. So how, I mean, obviously you've studied all these years, you're not going to be able <laughs> to, you know, put all of it through this thick skull of mine, but help, help us understand mm-hmm. how that works. I mean, it sounds a little bit like a magic trick, or I could see somebody listening and going like, come on now, like what? You listen to some music and, you know, so mm-hmm. help, yeah, help me and help us, I guess, understand some of the science, or at least the basics of the science of how mm-hmm. this is happening, how she ends up so relaxed. And that's really learning how to be in tune with your, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> um, in tune with, with your patient or with your client. You know, I have to know a lot about what they experience when they have, say, use the sickle cell example. What is that experience? That experience is needle sticks mm. and not being able to find a vein. And mm. so what can I do understanding that particular patient's culture, the music that they like, what they don't like? Those mm. are things I have to figure out early just through conversation mm-hmm. because the music is not just playing the instrument. Mm-hmm. It's knowing the client that you're working with because you want healing to transfer when it's necessary. And so those are the only ways I can say to to, to know, you gotta study your patient and understand them, but also understand the science behind the music. You have to be a proficient musician. You're Mm. not gonna go in there and start playing tritones and all kinds of chords that cause discord Mm. and, and and, and will incite agitation. So right. no, it's not, it's not magic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right, it's right. not sorcery, uh, but you know, you got to have your good mind about it. There's certain s- chords and notes that you just don't play. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause yeah, you yeah. know what it's going to do. It's going to agitate somebody. Right. So like <laughs> earlier when you were talking about going to those minor pieces and yeah. maybe, okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. Now you mentioned that there's distinctions or you've done work across age groups, yes. uh, different um, cultural groups. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. And again, I know that you've talked about the individuals, but are there trends you see across cultures, different types of music or ways of engaging music um, age wise? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it sort of like whatever was your, you know, your popular music you lead in that way, or is it different than that? Just curious what some of the distinctions are, what I might listen to that'd be different than what, you know, my sister listens to and some friend of mine mm-hmm, might listen mm-hmm. to. I, I have come to learn in my more recent studies that music is a unifier. Mm-hmm. And when I improvise, it transcends cultures. Mm. And so I can improvise using the same chord patterns with you that I would use with somebody else from a different culture because I understand where we are and where we're trying to get to. Hmm. For example, I had um, an, an adult, this this um, particular client, um, 
she is a musician. Mm -hmm. Sings, proficient on the instruments, you name it, drums, keyboard, she could play it. But mm. she'll come into a, a therapy session and not want to engage in the music mm. on her end. So I can I can play on the instruments, mm -hmm. you know. I can mm -hmm. provide what's needed, but but it was very hard for, to to break that down with her, and I couldn't understand it. And so I went into an improv in one session, and what I used at that time were some. I used some old hymns, but I masked them and then went into an improv with them. And I took them from a major mode and I went purposefully into a minor mode. Hmm. All right. And so by the time that was done, it was probably about five minutes long. Yeah. Her demeanor, she went from being tense to more relaxed. She really just kind of sunk into the chair. And when she when when it was done. A breathing had changed everything. And what proceeded out of her mouth was that as I was playing, she remembered mm. being molested mm. at eight years old. And it was a memory that she had not remembered until that moment while listening to what I was improvising on the wow. keyboard. And it made me realize that... <laughs> The blockage for her mm -hmm. was that experience over 20 plus years prior. Right. And because we were able to unlock that, she was able to talk about it. And, and later on, not in that session, but in a subsequent session, participate musically in huh. the session. Now, was it that the music itself was reminiscent? Was it that by you, like you said, you sort of shifted into that minor direction that maybe she was feeling a little bit more of that unease, so you were meeting her where she was? Like, how would you, yeah, what's your sense of how mm -hmm. that came to unlock um, mm -hmm. something that obviously had been very quite deep? It was very deep, and I do believe, just like you said, it was that in that deliberate move from that major mood mm -hmm. into a minor mood. Mm -hmm. And 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 here's the thing, now that I even think about it with you, the fact that I started with a familiar, and we start with the familiar, but then we go into the unknown. Mm. So I believe that having gone into that unknown, meaning that improvisational style, but then moving into a minor mood, yeah. I believe that that's what caused her to really think back on that moment. It, it just in some way, shape, or form unlocked what had been locked for so long. Now, it sounds very intuitive in terms of once you're in it, right? You even talk yeah. about in terms of improvisation. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to do song seven now. It's, you know, no. that, that kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> where when did that begin for you have you always enjoyed improvising musically and you've just translated that into the therapy is there something specific around the therapy is that what you know what what where would you say you get that inspiration to say oh i'm gonna shift it over here now Ooh, i might modernize it a little bit mm -hmm. here or minor or major what what what's what, what what's moving in that space what are you taking in that's letting you know where to go Two things. Mm -hmm. When you're trained as a music therapist, you have to know how to improvise. Mm. And so that's just a part of the training. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know, you have to learn it while you're there. And I did major in music in undergrad. 
And so that's where I began the, the improvisational style. But the credit for knowing in that moment now what I would not have known years ago, mm. I would have to credit that to God. Hmm. People talk about the anointing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that that anointing is, is you're, now you're on a spiritual level. It's a, it's a spiritual language, right? Mm. Where, where the, the spirit of God speaks to you and lets you know, hey, I need you to go in this direction or you just release yourself completely and let him take you. You think about folks who, who gather and they play poker. They have, they have their own language. I don't know that language. <laughs> folks who get together and they play a sport, you know, hey, you mm. might be playing basketball. That's not my thing. I'll watch it. But there's a language in that community. Well, you know, spirituality mm. is the same thing. There's a language. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so so I can hear and go in that direction so that healing can occur for the folks who are under the sound of that. Music. Now, you and I have had some amazing conversations about spirituality, mm-hmm. about religion in our own yeah. lives in the world. And, you know, we 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 we, we dig in there a little bit. Yes. And <laughs> as I'm listening to you talk about God's role or place yes. in your work as a therapist, yes. so much conversation tends to be religion versus science. Mm-hmm. And I could see somebody listening and going, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Like I thought, you know, I was just listening to a doctor and now all of a sudden <laughs> we got God going, help mm-hmm. me a little bit to, to talk about how that all works together for you because I know you have the knowledge and the science and you, you know, employ all of that. How, mm-hmm. how does that all come together and synthesize in your work? And, and that's an awesome question because, you know, some people may say, oh, they're totally separate. Mm-hmm. I say, you need the science. And you need the spirituality, right? You, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And 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 we and and be and human beings are their spirit, their soul, you know, mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit. And so you can't ignore that aspect of an individual, mm-hmm. right? And so I think about in the Bible since you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we go go there. So you know, in First Samuel sixteen twenty three, that was the crux of my more recent research mm. um, in 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 pursuing my Doctor of Ministry degree. And in that particular scripture, I'll just read it real quick. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. short. It says, um, "And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that's King Saul, mm-hmm. back in the Old Testament." that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, Mm. and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Mm. Hmm. (laughs) And so you have in in Saul at the time, you've got this king who is like, um, you know, he's struggling got some spirits going on he talks about it you know he wants to get well but he knew the call for David who was this accomplished musician who could play a harp a lyre his instrument was really the canor by the way but he would play that instrument and Saul would feel better right he knew it had healing power right so that's why he would call for him but here's the thing each time David came to play for him it didn't work hmm because there were some times when it stopped working. But here's what's interesting. It stopped working when Saul was jealous of David because he knew that David was about to be king and that his time was short on the throne. So jealousy rose up in him and anger rose <laughs> up in him. And so how can right. you now have this person who you are hating on 
mm. minister to you and you still be healed. So it didn't work every single time. What that tells me is, yes, the spirit and the science does work together. But the thing here is, if within yourself, there are some other deep-seated issues like that anger, like that hate, mm. sometimes mm. it might not work, especially if it's towards the person that's there to help you hmm. get to your space of healing. Now, that healing, that yes. healing piece. Now, I'll share a little bit in my own experience, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, where mm -hmm. um, in some ways, in terms of, you know, having grown up in a Christian household, gone to church, mm -hmm. um, growing up, um, got to a place in my spiritual journey where like church wasn't for me at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I did find though, and this was particularly after my mother passed, who really was mm -hmm. the person who, you know, brought all that into my life, um, like you, you know, you could say something to her mm -hmm. and she would be able to tell you, oh yeah, that's in Thessalonians, you know, first Thessalonians, blah, blah. You're yeah. like, oh, how you remember all that, you know? But at any rate, um, I found that the music did stay with me. And that's, another, oh. I think, another reason why I responded when you started to talk to me about your work, mm -hmm. that I would find myself singing His Eyes on the Sparrow. I would find mm -hmm. myself singing um, He Touched Me. You know, mm -hmm. I would find myself... And, and that it was almost, sometimes I did it consciously, but other times it really was just, I would find myself humming or singing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even to the point where that became my kid's lullaby was his eyes on the sparrow. So like, you know, they, they're very familiar with that one. Um, and I guess I say all that to say that my experience of the music mm -hmm. is that I find it spiritually honest if that's mm -hmm. a way to phrase it there's something about get like going straight to the music yeah. where sometimes when i feel i'm listening to people's words things are in the way but somehow mm -hmm. with the music it feels like strip that away and you get mm -hmm. to, to some truths around it i'm wondering if you find that your clients after having been introduced to the way you do your work either carry that with them or identify that they are people who've generally been predisposed anyhow to being attracted to music and finding that in music. I mean, uh -huh. that musical people respond to this or is it that this can reach almost anyone or we can reach certain people whether or not they've been musical up to that point and do they carry it on? Like what's the continuum of it all? It, it reaches everyone. Um, because the, the, the folks that I've worked with are not all musically inclined, mm -hmm, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the point of not even being able to hold a note. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sing this note. <laughs> no, I can't, you know. Um, but, the, but the music transcends that. And that's what's mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. You know, I've, I've seen, I've, I've watched, okay, one client in particular, she uh, actually uh, has her own practice thriving, uh, you know, mm -hmm. psychologist. And, and, and we've worked together. And when, when, when I can sense when she's maybe uh, the equilibrium is a little bit off, okay. you know, right? Okay. And, and so we could start with some meditative music, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The minute I play the first note with her, her whole demeanor, it's like her her shoulders will kind of drop, mm. her whole body sinks. But with her, it's like instantaneous, like she can't wait for it. And 
the thing that I've noticed in those types of situations is this, because she's not musically inclined, right? And you're talking about folks who are musically inclined versus those who are not also. But here's the thing. When someone comes with a spirit of expectation to be healed, to be changed, right? that's the difference maker. Because hmm. you could play all day long. But mm -hmm. you have to help that person to get to that place where they willingly want to re to be changed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, makes then sense. the music can do what it wants to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it can hasten their pace to get in there. Right. Right. But right? Then they have to walk in with that. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. don't have to be musically inclined. It transcends all of that. Mm -hmm. But but are they willing? Yeah. And and as a therapist, as a mentor, as a as a counselor, as a coach, as you know, whatever they want to view me as, am I helping to be that conduit right. to that healing? Because I never want to be in the way. Mm. What do you feel places you in the way? I mean, I'm sure you've over the years learned like, ooh, won't do that again. I mean, anybody doing any job, mm -hmm. right? What are mm -hmm. some of the things that place you in the way when you are doing this work? Here's what's interesting. <laughs> mm. I, I, I was thinking about that with, with a client earlier. And I said, you know what? If you show up late one more time, mm. they say one more game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That's what they say down right. here, one more game, right? right. You, you know, it's, it's, you have to know what, where do you draw the line to mm -hmm. the point where if you don't draw that line and you are forced to cross it as that conduit, are you whole enough mm. to continue helping them or do you become a barrier because something they did triggered you? Got so it. you have to know your triggers, mm. right? And that's when you have to literally stand down because that's not helping you. That's not helping them. Right. It's, it's not fair to anyone. Right. So I would say that's that's when I know, okay, this might not be for me. Got it. Got you know, yeah. if, if something's triggering to me, then that's, then I don't need to be in that type of situation. I need to make some recommendations as to who you can get what you need from. Right. At that right. point. <laughs> no, I got that. I got that very much, very much. <laughs> I'm curious. So you, you know, you've obviously you've, you've moved out, um, you know, you moved on from New York and, and, you, mm -hmm. and you, you know, I'm just curious to hear a little bit about that part of the journey. I'm sure music played a role in it. I've, I've never known a part of your life that wasn't impacted by music. So yeah, I'm just curious. Well, um, we, we, uh, you know, I have three, um, children living. And um, of course, my husband. And we moved here in 2008. Really, it was it was for the job. We figured, hey, if I get the right mm. offer, we're gone. But we knew that it was time to leave right. New York. What was beautiful was by the time we got here, the music that God had placed in my heart back in like 1997, mm. 98, 99. Now we're in 2008. I finally had the opportunity to start laying mm -hmm. it out and actually put my first CD together. But I did record the whole thing in New oh, York. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I went back there to do the funny. whole thing. But the inspiration and stuff, it, the, the, the bulk of it mm -hmm. came mm -hmm. here. So I, I feel like um, there was a transition in my music because I did a lot of music in New York mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but the music itself changed i used to do a lot of big stage shows you know um harlem right. week and uh you know downing stadium you name oh, it right. all those places doing those yeah reggae shows reggae artists all that 
but then moved here and my music really started to transition and I found myself doing large shows here mm-hmm. as well but it was mostly gospel hmm. music okay okay you know it just took on a different and and the, the upbeat slow whatever right, right, you know right. just, just all over the place just having a good time um but but the genre the mode mm-hmm. it changed and was that something you decided to do or did you just find that naturally that's where things were going for you? Naturally, that's the direction it was mm-hmm. going in. Mm-hmm. And, and what was interesting with that too is that large audiences, now, now you're not one-to-one with anyone. Now he's there, that's a large mm-hmm. audience. And I felt like, okay, this is the ministry. Mm-hmm. And I would minister on my violin. Mm-hmm. And folks... Now it's it's not a spook thing, <laughs> but folks will come at the end of, of one of those engagements mm. and say, I came in here, I had just had mm. knee surgery, blah, 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 blah. And look at me, I'm like, no, you didn't. You tell mm-hmm. me lies. There was all kinds of mm-hmm. healing happening. Folks come up crying, mm. talking about someone they lost a loved one recently. And then they talk about how the, the music brought them closer to that individual, wow. just hearing it. It was amazing and continues to be amazing to me how one individual can minister one song and it can touch the lives of so many different people in so many different ways at one time. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. Um, I want to capture this as we go because I, I, I you know, <laughs> tell us about the CDs. So that was the first recording. So what, what was the, that was called? So that CD, it's, it's not the first recording because I have recorded on several other CDs oh, in the past, but this Your is my first, my first right, right, right. CD. Got yeah. Uh, and and so I guess my freshman album, mm. they were called. And um, that's called Holding On. Okay. How many uh, albums have you recorded now? Well, I'm sitting on about 15 songs that I need to get, mm-hmm. need to finish recording. Okay. okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, but fortunately, it's for me, it's never been mm-hmm. a rush, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but I, I literally have about 15 right now. Um, and out of those 12 are recorded. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm mm-hmm. pestering you now. I know. Please pester me. Please pester me. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So you're, you're there, you're moving toward gospel music. Mm-hmm. I know in your own life, you've had your ups, you've had your downs like everybody else. And we've discussed some of those. Is there a mm-hmm. moment in your life? I mean, you shared where you were in the position to help somebody else unlock a memory and really process some pain. Is there any moment, are there, mo- are there a number of moments in your life where you specifically see music got me through? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the title of the album, uh, Holding On, it um, partially, there, there's a song on the album called One Two. Mm-hmm. And um, that particular song, um, I wrote it, if you if you recall, I had mentioned I have three mm-hmm. children living. Um, there are two that are in heavenly places, mm-hmm. twins, identical twin boys. And um, so hence that song, One Two. Mm-hmm. 
at that time in my life, I felt like, oh my God, I, I can't even touch an instrument right now. Like, I don't, I would get on the keyboard, I'd, I'd get on my violin and I'd just completely crumble. I couldn't even play mm -hmm. a note. But then I, um, the Lord put a song on my heart. One, mm -hmm. two, forced me to have to produce mm -hmm. it forced me to have to get on the instrument mm -hmm. and play it um and that got me through um a very difficult time because loss is loss and um having lost the twins was absolutely devastating yeah. um to me and so god gave me a song until i get to see them again um and then i would say that that's um one moment that i got mm. through um, at the tail end yeah. with the music. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that. And I know that's, <laughs> I want to say that's track two on the album. Am I right? I think it's track. Yeah, right, the, right about yeah. there. <laughs> I know you thought I was making it up. I don't be listening to your music. No, I, I listen to you your were. music. I be listening. Uh, you, you might listen to that yeah, differently. Yeah, it's the funny backstory. you say that because I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to go sit down and listen to that one again. But no, that's incredibly mm -hmm. um, powerful as a fellow artist. I mean, I don't have that particular uh, gift you have to, to write music and to play the instruments the way you do. But I know that there have been times where for me, it might be writing it, right? Um, you know, when I wrote Dinner yeah. for Two, you know, it's not a it's, it's not a coincidence mm -hmm. that he lost his mother and he's trying to figure out how to get himself together. Right. You know what I mean? And right. you know, it wasn't autobiographical, but I certainly had some inspiration. And I guess I'm so aware that the art and the create the creative force in me that does propel me forward and it has got me going in moments where, you know, I've I've been stuck. I'm wondering for the for somebody who's out there who's maybe you know, having a, a struggle of their own, whatever it might be. And we might regard it as big or small ourselves, but to each of us, our struggles are our struggles. How can they mm -hmm. be looking at using music? How can they be looking at utilizing the power of it to move themselves forward? Mm -hmm. and, and that's just a great point. I was hoping you would ask that. I, I believe that that folks, you know, even if you don't have a local um, music therapist that you can go to or someone who's in that field in some way, shape or form. One thing you wanna do is when you go to music, when you reach for that track, when you reach for that song, be mindful of where you are emotionally, mm. first and foremost, okay? And then ask yourself, why am I reaching for this mm. song? What, what am I looking to or hoping to accomplish by listening to this song? Because it's going to be one of two things. It's, it's either going to keep you in that headspace, mm. no matter what that headspace right. is, because you desire to stay in that mm -hmm. space, mm -hmm. right? So it'll, it'll trigger memories or bring you closer to someone th that it reminds you of. Okay, so that's one thing. The other thing is because you want to change mm -hmm. your mood. You don't want to stay where you are. You, maybe you're really excited and you want to kind of mellow out 
before a job sure. interview. Sure. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it can, or, or maybe you're really down because of something tragic that happened and you don't want to stay in that place you wanted right. to change. Ask yourself, why am I reaching for this? And is it going to accomplish what I need mm. to accomplish? It sounds like um, mindful That's- music, you know, like a, a mindful yeah. approach to music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Because music is very powerful. It can keep you in that place and it can make you, sometimes it can make you feel heavier than you mm. want to feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And and is that is that your intent? Right, right. Could be where you want to go. You know? And what kind of music right. do you enjoy? I mean, obviously you, you create music, but just in your own <laughs> life, you know, if you're driving from here to there, or you're, you know, around the house, uh-huh. what, are you, what are you listening to? Oh gosh, everything. They probably think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I, um, I, I, my favorite uh, music period mm-hmm. is the Baroque mm-hmm. period, which is a part of the classical mm-hmm. music period. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1600s, you know, lots of violin strings, uh, Al Benoni and some of those other folks. I love that period very much because I'm a violinist. But in, in general, I'll listen to that. I'll listen to jazz. I'll listen to right. reggae, calypso. My family's Caribbean. So I'm just kind of all over the place with my music. It's, uh, you name it, slow jams. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, some, some hip hop right. gospel, you know. Uh, just, I'm just all over in the gym. I'm, I'm into the hip hop gospel and um, some house nice. music. Nice, you know? I love it. So I'm all over I the place. I love it. I'm all over the place. House music anthem, you know. <laughs> I, I love Get that. It. I love it. Are, there, do you know, do you, are you able to track with your musical knowledge? Are you able to sort of see the things that weave through some of these different types of music? Because oftentimes I, I find that kind of thing fascinating. Like not just like samples, but beyond mm-hmm. that, like you just sort of see how things have progressed through the years. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I, I think when I was trying to turn my kids on, because I used to teach music, when I would turn my kids on to, in the school system to mm-hmm. music, on classical music, they would love it because I would take those bass mm-hmm. rhythms from the songs in the Baroque sure. period, in the 1600s, right? Like Vivaldi's Concerto in mm-hmm. A minor. You listen to the, the bass line on that, the, the, the cello and the, and the basses, and it's dum, dum, dum. Right, and and so the kids are listening to this and like, oh, that sounds like Mm -hmm. hip hop. That sounds like this, and so now now they're listening to it with a different lens, and now they're embracing Mm -hmm. it. Then they get home and they can identify the songs on the commercials on the TV. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's you can find that thread and you can teach people how to love different types of music. I love that. I love that. I love connecting. It. Yeah, you. Uh, you know, yeah. I remember hanging out with Quasi and Reggie and Glee Club, and we we we, we, we got creative. We got creative from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, so yeah, you have this little history. So yeah, I guess finally, um, you know, you've shared mm-hmm. how it's impacted your life. Uh, what would you like to see? I mean, is in, you know, is it that we? could be bringing this into schools? Is it other spaces? Should we be looking at workspaces and, and thinking about the role that music could play? I mean, you're talking about this therapeutic element. Is it bringing it into medicine? Is it, where, where would you like to see your work, your view that music can have such a huge impact? Where would you like to see that show up? Where would you like to see it go? 
my you know it's with music therapy be it's it's in a pretty established field um clinically in a, in a number of hospitals and and um and, and mental health facilities for me it's about changing lives helping folks one by one um when i work with them or if i'm out ministering large audiences um, but my heart is all about how can I minister so that the way you perceive things in life can be shifted so that your approach to different situations can shift and be healthier. Uh, so that that's where my heart is. And, and music can help to unlock those doors when talk doesn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... I thank you so much for for being here. I thank you for your music, and I thank you for, you know, what what folks wouldn't just know from this is the number of times as we reconnected a few years back, the number of times that mm-hmm. I've been able to, you know, just reach out to you if only a quick text or whatever. And you always have a word of encouragement. You always have a way of looking at the world that 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 brightens it. So I knew when you started to talk to me about the music therapy, I was like, she's got some things to say. Let's 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 see her. <laughs> let's hear some of that. Um, but I just thank you so much for your time, and I thank you for being here, and I just thank you for being you. Thanks for being here tomorrow. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and and God bless all of your work. Thank you. And all those listening thank to you. you. May their lives be changed. All right, you take care now. All right, you bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know what time it is. The time it always is. It's time to walk the line. So here's your walk the line. Let's practice mindful morning music. I listened to Tamara explain that part of the power of her work comes from some mighty alignment. What'd she say? I understand where we are and where we want to get to. Sounds a whole lot like aligning who you are, where you are, and where you want to go, don't it? Got me to thinking about that who, how I want to show up in the world. And that led me to this idea, mindful morning music. Each morning, I want you to think about where you want to get to. Whether you're going to the office or logging into Zoom or delivering your children to school or caring for your parents at home, I want you to think about how you want to show up that day. And I want you to play a piece of music, a song you believe can take you there. See how it goes. Now that you're being intentional about how you want to show up, are your days going any differently? Are they feeling any different? If after listening to Tamara, somebody out there let me know they used her insights to have a better day, to live a better life, well, forgive me, but that would be music to my ears. I just decided my first selection's gonna be Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness. Stop by the Align Performance Facebook page and follow at AlignP on Twitter, and I'll let you know how it goes. If you like what you just heard, be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. One last thing, Tamara mentioned one, two, the song she wrote for the children she lost. It only seems right that we end on that note. So, until next time, together, we gon' get unstuck. We gon' be unstuck. We gon' live unstuck.